you've got questions, he always has an answer. It's Sean Hannity. This afternoon at 2, right before Joe Walsh at 5, on AM 560, The Answer. Good morning, Dan and Amy. So the uh, breaking news, Chiron-worthy New York Times story over the weekend uh, that uh, after Trump fired Comey, the FBI initiated a counterintelligence investigation into Trump to determine whether or not he was operating as a Russian agent. Yeah, they went so far as to call him a possible Russian spy. And then the headline, too, is President working on behalf of Russia? Is he an operative? Is he a spy? And they, you know, they pointed to the fact that when he met with Putin, he had his interpreter's notes destroyed or took them from her. So, I mean, that is not uh, any part of uh, the proof to me. But President Trump went out with uh, Judge Jeannie. Are you now or have you ever worked for Russia, Mr. President? I think it's the most insulting thing I've ever been asked. I think it's the most insulting article I've ever had written. Uh, And if you read the article, you'd see that they found absolutely nothing. And Lindsey Graham was on with Chris Wallace on Sunday, Fox News Sunday yesterday. He was uh, asked about that report as well. And uh, not only is he rejecting it, as the president did, he wants some answers as to how how it was initiated. I have to say, it's an astonishing idea. The FBI, the Bureau, investigating whether the president was a Russian agent. Well, number one, that story came from somebody who leaked it with an agenda. So I'd like to know who leaked it because they have an agenda not very friendly to President Trump. And I, for one, don't trust what I read in the New York Times. Having said all that, I'm going to ask the FBI director, was there a counterintelligence investigation opened up regarding the president as being a potential agent of the Russians? I find it astonishing. And to me, it tells me a lot about the people running the FBI, uh, McCabe and that crowd. I don't trust them as far as I throw them. So if this really did happen, Congress needs to know about it. And and what I want to do is make sure, how could the FBI do that? What kind of checks and balances are there? Mm. For more on this topic. So absurd, isn't it? We're pl- well, well, why don't we ask Jed Babin, okay. former United States Deputy Undersecretary of Defense, contributor to the Washington Times, the American Spectator. Jed, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Good morning, guys. Morning. So is President Trump uh, Raymond Shaw, a Manchurian candidate? <laughs> the Democrats only wish he were. Look, it's absurd. And, you know, the real big trouble for this, and Lindsey Graham went through a whole string of things before he got to the real problem here. If you can't trust the FBI, who in America and the world can you trust? Right now, we can't trust the FBI. This is an enormous scandal. It's an enormous problem. And the new attorney general, Bill Barr, if he gets confirmed, will have to go in there and clean house. A lot of the people who were the problem, Peter Strzok, Andrew McCabe, James Comey, James Comey, the worst of all, a lot of those people have been either fired or retired. But at this point, what other people we don't know, what other people were involved. But this, this goes back to the old Stalinist era, Lavrenti Beria, the head of the NKVD at the time, the Russian secret police. Mm-hmm. You know, he was saying, well, show me the man and I'll show you the crime. That's the problem. In a democracy, you cannot have investigations unless someone points to evidence of a crime. And what you have here is precisely the opposite. You have the Lavrenti Beria approach 
going to find a person, you know, identifying the person you don't like and then trying to find a crime that they've committed. This is undemocratic. It's really it's a crime against our system of government and against the Constitution. Well, um, how, how optimistic are you that with perhaps with the new head at the Department of Justice, new attorney general and William Barr, that some of those concerns you're describing would be addressed? Come on, guys. You know me. I'm the world's ultimate pessimist. Yeah. Look, <laughs> Bill Barr, I think, is, is I don't know him, but I think uh, from what I've heard, he's a very good and honorable man. But he is a big friend of Bob Mueller. They have been lifelong friends. Their, their wives hang out together. I don't think anybody is going to be in a position. Well, certainly Bill Barr is not going to be in a position to rein in Bob Mueller and to get to the bottom of what's wrong with the FBI. I think you need someone in there who is, well, more like a, a, a John Kelly, a Marine general, to whip things into shape than you are going to find with any civilian uh, and anybody who is you know, part of the legal community in Washington, D.C. You just mentioned somebody who said if he gets confirmed. Do you think that's a possibility that he won't? I don't think there's a real possibility there, Amy. I think he's going to get confirmed. I think it's going to be like everything else these days. It's going to be a very ugly confirmation process. Uh, the Democrats are going to try to make him say that he's not going to fire Bill, uh, Robert Mueller. There's going to be a whole lot of posturing and hammering, and I think there's not going to be much come of it. I think he will be confirmed. Uh, all right, you wrote a piece um, in The Spectator about uh, Theresa May and uh, and Brexit. Uh, Theresa May, if Theresa May is Cleavon Little, as you suggest, then who is Trump in uh, this uh, this remake of Blazing Saddles? Well, I don't know. Uh, I think Trump is kind of like the uh, the mayor who's standing there and trying to read a proclamation and declaring a laurel and hearty welcome, which is a really bad pun. Look, Blazing Saddles is and was the funniest movie ever made. Uh, it's my favorite movie in the world. But if you look at what Theresa May did last month, she took herself prisoner like Sheriff Bart did. I mean, this woman went out to the European Union and said, well, if you guys don't give me changes to the, uh, to the separation agreement, I'm going to hold a vote right away. Uh, and, of course, she was going to lose the vote. And they just said, yes, so. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Remember the scene in Blazing Saddles where Cleveland Little takes himself prisoner? Yeah, uh, when he goes into town and all the racists meet him and start threatening him, pointing guns at him. Nobody moves with his own gun. Yeah, right. And points at his own head. I mean, that's that's Theresa May. It's ludicrous. She is probably the most incompetent prime minister in memory, and the prime minister of Great Britain. And I think she's going to go down. Her government's probably going to go down. They're going to lose the vote tomorrow, scheduled for a big up or down vote on her Brexit separation agreement. And uh, at that point, I think she's probably going to be kicked out of office in high bloody time. Well, uh, she said she's not going to stand for re-election in 2020. Um, I mean, I guess there's yeah, only stuff. She's not going to last that. Yeah. She's not going to last that long. Uh, I mean, good God. Well, so George Will, uh, writing in National Review, referenda delenda est, uh, referenda must be destroyed, um, remembering my high school Latin. Uh, the, uh, the Essentially what he's suggesting is that uh, the exuberance of 2016 is going to go out with a whimper in 2019. Is that what? you think is going to happen and should happen? Well, I think it might happen. I don't think it should happen. I think Britain, to recover itself from the, you know, frankly, the anti-democratic practices and the encroachment of the European Union, uh, it needs to get out of the European Union. It needs to recover its sovereignty. However, it's even money as to whether that's even going to happen. Theresa May is now saying, she said yesterday, that uh, if the referendum, if the, if the vote fails on her uh, Brexit agreement tomorrow, and I think it's you know, 90%, 95% sure that it will. 
Uh, she's going to say, well, you know, we may not uh, want to do Brexit at all. Uh, she may try to cancel the Brexit vote. And I think the European Union has said she can. And uh, quite frankly, all it would take is, well, either a declaration by her, which I, <clears throat> which I don't think is adequate under British law, or uh, she could get the parliament uh, to pass something that says no Brexit. So there's, there's a lot of things that have not been answered yet. And uh, it's, it's great political theater. I mean, we have to watch with some concern because Britain is, after all, a pretty important ally. But at this point, not a damn thing we can do. Should we be watching with some concern uh, the apparent disagreement between John Bolton and President Trump over the exact manner in which there'll be a troop drawdown in Syria? Yeah, we have to figure that out. Um, Trump and Pompeo and Bolton all have to figure that out. <clears throat> Look, we've had Mr. Trump saying yesterday, uh, well, first off, Erdogan, Turkey's president, has been saying he's going to kill all the Kurds as soon as we leave. Uh, Bolton has said that he can't do that. We're going to be in uh, in Syria as long as Iran is. Uh, Trump is pulling people out nevertheless. Pompeo is standing up there and saying, well, we're not going to put up with Iran. Uh, there's a mixture of opinion, obviously, in the White House and the administration on what the policy towards Syria and toward Iran and toward the Middle East needs to be. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of agreement, but I do think that Mrs. Bolton and uh, Pompeo have the right idea. Trump said the other day that, well, yesterday, that uh, if Kurds are attacked by Turkey, we're going to wreck the Turkish economy. Well, that's not enough, Mr. President. We have to tell Erdogan that if he tries to attack the Kurds, we're going to attack him. And it has to be put in those terms or, you know, there's no other way to stop this guy. And he also, I think he is. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. He also talked about creating a 20-mile safe zone. What's that? Yeah, it's uh, kind of a pipe dream. There's <laughs> Syria is not that big, guys. I mean, the, the area around the Syria that's uh, probably Kurdistan uh, or Kurdish territory, mm -hmm. northeast uh, Syria, southeast uh, Turkey, and uh, northern uh, Iraq, that's I don't think there's 20 miles there altogether. So I think there's, you know, that's an idea. I don't think it's going to happen. We're not going to be creating no-fly zones over there. We don't have the people or the time to, to create it. So I, I think that's kind of a, a throwaway line. Last week, uh, Secretary of State Pompeo, delivering a speech in Cairo, uh, declared that the era of America's self-inflicted shame is over gave a pretty uh, devastating review of the last uh, decade of American foreign policy in the region, the Obama administration era uh, policy in the region. I wonder what marks you gave Pompeo's speech. A-plus. That was the best foreign policy speech been given uh, in Trump's time as president or even before uh, when he was running. Uh, this is the most clear-headed and really best statement of what American policy should be. Whether it's going to be American policy remains to be seen because Mr. Trump, God love him, but he kind of dips his finger in the in the pie once in a while, and there's no consistency to what he says. So we need to have that kind of guidance, like Mr. Pompeo's speech, guiding our foreign policy in the Middle East. It remains to be seen what effect it's going to have. I'm not sure it's going to have much. I thought so, too. I thought the speech was excellent. So if I'm thinking like Jed Babin, then I know I'm in the right place. He is Jed That's Babin. Scary, <laughs> former. Well, we love, both like love Blazing Saddles, too. I went to the screening well, of it. 
I went to a screening of it a couple years ago with Mel Brooks, where he really? then does an hour oh show after the after I am the screening. So jealous. Oh, it was the best. Did he ever so say jealous. that the I... movie could be made in this time? He this says absolutely age? not. Oh God, no! Absolutely oh, no not. Way. I mean, no way. The, the racist slurs and all the rest of that stuff. It's you know, people don't understand that the principal purpose of the movie was to put down racism to show how really stupid it is. Yes. But right now, I mean, political correctness and all the rest of that, you couldn't remake that movie. I mean, as, as Mel Brooks himself has said, political correctness is killing American comedy. Yeah, there's no room for parody. Jed Babin, former United States Secretary, Undersecretary of Defense, contributor to The Washington Times and The Spectator. Jed, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. See you. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. Excuse me while I whip this out. There's only one radio show in Chicago talking about today's biggest stories and telling you what they really mean. That show is this one. Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer.